This podcast may contain coarse language. Listener's discretion is advised. Also, this podcast will obviously contain spoilers for Demon Slayer. Please beware, listen at your own risk. Welcome to the Demon Slayer Podcast. I am your host, Vlord GTZ, and with me today I have Marion. Hello. And also with us today is Sakaki. Hey, I'm back. And lastly today we have Allison. Good afternoon. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. How are the rest of you guys doing? Pretty good. I went to the chapter kind of hurt no food. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead, Marin. Go ahead, Marin. Let me stop being salty about that. <laughs> I, I just said whoa. <laughs> Yeah, it is rough. It is rough. I do agree with that. <laughs> yeah, this chapter kind of hurt it. <laughs> yeah, it did. Then, this was uh, one of the less happy chapters, for sure. I mean, it, it definitely gave us some good context, but uh, damn, it's a violent one. So much context. Ah. Yeah, I mean, uh, let's not cut to the chase here and just get straight into it. So, Demon Slayer, Chapter 186, Ancient Memories. So, our cover page here is, uh, we see the person that Tanjiro is, like, taking over, or Tanjiro, looking at a building. And we see that Tanjiro is saying, like, hey, is this my house? And, like, it looks familiar to his house, but it's not exactly like his house. And, like, he's kind of confused at what he's doing, because he's, like, trying to chop wood. But uh, then suddenly a child comes up to him and calls him Papa. And he's like, huh, well, what, what does this mean? Who is this child? And the, the child is like cutely saying uh, Buddha, which I, I think it's trying to say Buddha. No. <laughs> Just Buddha. Like, I, was, I was like, Buddha, Dada, like baby talk. I, I don't know. We, we, need a, we need a baby decipherer. <laughs> Sorry, I only do Japanese. <laughs> God Sakaki. Just aren't useful anymore. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. But I have to say that Gotoke draws some cute kids, though. I mean, look at this kid. That's true. <laughs> she really does. Protect. Yeah, the, ki- the kid's just really cute. Um, But the person that the kid's uh, pointing at is Yorichi. And Tanjiro kind of immediately recognizes him because he saw, like, the replica of Yorichi at the Swordsmith Village because it was, like, the training dummy, basically. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. But uh, we now flash forward back to the present where Tanjiro's dying, and our uh, goat boy Murata is trying to bring him back to life. And, but uh, he notices that uh, Tanjiro's uh, not breathing and his like heart has stopped. Um, but Murata's like, heart and breath are going so fast, too, that he literally can't tell. Um, but then someone is calling over Murata to go help Yushiro, because Yushiro has also, uh, kind of is in a critical state, and he's, like, collapsed under a bunch of rubble, and, uh, while Tanjiro's dying, they think, uh, if they save Yushiro, Yushiro could save Tanjiro. So, it seems like they're gonna be heading over to go save Yushiro to help, uh, devise a Tanjiro recovery plan. But at, at the bottom of page five, uh, Yorichi is trying to talk to Tanjiro, which at this point it's clear that uh, Tanjiro is in the body of uh, Sumayoshi, who we had seen like a long time back 
in between the Red Light District arc and the Swordsmith Village arc, we had that brief flashback with uh, him and uh, Yorichi talking about kind of Yorichi wanted to pass down his techniques. So it's cool to see uh, uh, Sumiyoshi back. But uh, it seems like Yorichi kind of has a lot weighing on him and he needs someone to talk to. Right, and then we move to the next phase. But before we go there, I just wanted to say, like, uh, that I like I like that they they brought the Yushiro that Gotoke brought the Yushiro angle here. So it's not like like it's I mean we don't know of course a lot of can happen between now and whenever they do save Yushiro. But the idea that maybe he could save Tanjiro now, bringing that up now makes it more plausible when it happens later. Yeah, to be honest, I forgot about Yushiro. Like after that whole um, that whole hacking battle where they had with each other, um, and then the building collapsed, and I'm like, oh yeah. The Hashi were fighting. Uh, I did not think once about like, oh, where's Yushiro? Is he like? What's a, a Yushiro? Well, what's this person? I mean, to be fair, it's been like six years something chapter since then. Yeah, oh. I mean, yeah, it has been a little bit of time. Like, I mean, well, wait, that was only like what two, two chapters ago? It wasn't that long ago, but so much has happened since then that it really goes to the wayside in your mind. It's only been like a month. Yeah, yeah, it hasn't been that long. But, I mean, I can understand, though. Just the events have been moving so fast with um, Demon Slayer. That, yeah, it's been going, ah, roller coaster, ah. So, yeah, yeah that's, that's, that makes sense. But, I mean, I just like that. Then rather than, you know, not that it would have been bad if later, if Yushiro just popped up and healed Tanjiro and everything was okay again. Not that that would have been a bad thing, because we knew he was there. <laughs> we forgot about him, but we knew he was there. But I just like that that was brought up in conversation. Anyway, um... So yeah, uh, Yorichi is talking to um, Tanjiro and, or well, to well Sumiyoshi and Tan- um, well, I'm just gonna call him Tanjiro because that's who he is. <laughs> but uh, Tanjiro's like, oh, well, you know, he's talking to me, so maybe I can ask him about the thirteenth form. He's like, oh, it's been about two years, and then he, his mind says one thing, but his body does another, and he's confused by, like, what? And that keeps happening. Like he's talking as Sumiyoshi. He has his own thoughts, but his mouth is doing, you know, it's like he's in, he's like in, he's in a videotape where he's aware that he's an actor, but the tape is playing (laughs) the roles as, you know, as, you know, as they are, as they were supposed to be at that place in time. You know, Tanjiro is aware I'm an actor. I'm not this person. And I kind of like it because like the second time, first time he asked about two years, he just asked Yorichi, it's been two years. How have you been? And then he's like, wait, what? That's not what I, wait, okay. <laughs> and then he's then, you know, he's playing with the baby. She's like, oh, Sumiri was just a baby. Look how she's crying. And he's like, wait, what, what? I mean, I like the second time, too, that you can see him in the panel, like, looking at the baby, like, why did I say that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just like how that's done. And then, yeah, okay, I didn't even notice. I didn't even notice that this, this bubble was him saying, I can't say what I want to. My body's moving all by itself. So yeah, it's like it's like I said, he realizes he's an actor, but his role is so engraved into his body that he can't do anything else but play it out. <laughs> but yeah, Joe all over again. <laughs> Basically, he <laughs> So then yeah, um he realizes that yeah, okay, I'm stuck. I can't do anything I want to do. But then, you know, it's like then Yorichi's like, "Oh, you know, I'm happy that you guys are doing good, but it makes me happy when people are doing good." Yeah. And he's just kind of waxing poetic about, you know, that's beautiful. And he's like, it's a simple blessing to be born in it, which is really flying in the face of the guy that we knew before. <laughs> but I, I'm assuming we'll get more explanation on that later. Anyway, uh, he talks about his mom. His mom was a really religious person. 
And, you know, she, then we get kind of background the earrings. She made them. And it talks about how he was mute and, and everything. Well, it mentions that he was deaf. So, yeah. And then he never spoke. And he had an old brother. Oh, right. And yeah, we knew about the older brother. Kokushibo. Yeah. Yeah. So he's talking about that. And then he talked about one time where his father hit him and turned his father. He worried about his little bro. Kokushiba worried about his little bro. And dad told him, you know, hey, don't spoil him. And you can see a panel of him hitting him. He made the flute. And whenever he needed whenever he needed help, he would come. Whenever, you know, he blew into the flute, you know, bro, big bro would come and help. And, and you would see that, you know, and obviously it's, I mean, it's not sad, but it's obvious that dad still is like, nah, you can't be, you can't bring this kid. Because his face is swollen and beaten up, but he'd still come help. So, and then it, it moves on a little bit further in time where he said he left the house because he was, you know, he knew he wasn't wanted there. But um, after, right after the mom died of illness, and he was supposed to be a priest, but he didn't go. He ran away instead. He found himself in a rice paddy where he met a girl about his age. And, you know, he and the girl started talking. The girl's like, well, you know, my parents, my family died in the plague, and I'm kind of lonely. And she just, she's been picking, I guess she's, she has, she's been picking tadpoles and putting them in in a bucket. And then at the end of the day, she lets them go. He's like, mostly because she felt bad separating them from their families. And then he's like, okay, well, I'll go home with you. Our eyes were like obsidian. Yeah. And then um, we find out that the girl's name was Uta. And uh, Yorichi decided to live together with her. And she's, she was very talkative. And thanks to living with her, uh, he ended up learning that there was a bunch of people in the world who see see the world in like different ways and stuff. Uh, and apparently, she'd never heard of a see through world that like Yorichi sees. And apparently, that's when he found like when he realized that he was like he's kind of different from other people, and that that felt like it was what kind of separated him and made him like unable to really make connections and he described it as he described it as being a kite whose string had broken but um but she was still like held on to his friend his hand and after 10 years they decided to marry and they were going to have a baby and, and like make their own family um in preparation for the birth uh he set out to to find a midwife to help her through the process and he was he was planning on returning before the sunset but on the way, um, three whole mountains from where he lived, he ended up meeting an old man who was traveling, uh, who had a bad heart, and he was rushing to visit his son, who was fatally wounded, and he ended up uh, taking the old man to see his son, and decided to go get the midwife on the next day, and then he rushed home, but uh, night had already fallen by the time he got back, and as soon as he walks in, he just sees someone had killed uh Uda and the child that was that that she was uh she was holding it's so messed up and also really good parallel to Taro, Tanjiro's the first chapter really this is exactly what happened to him yeah. he was set, and he, he he set out to go do a run a chore then was kept overnight and came home to find he had no family basically <laughs> yeah and the reason too like he stopped cuz he was doing a good deed for someone else but Time just kept on going, and time waits for no one, I guess. That's the Tanjiro that another person may not hesitate to trample upon someone whose life you value more than your own. That was like a big realization for him. Do you think the flamey-haired guy was uh, that uh, Kachira guy? Or his dad? What guy? 
the, that guy who came in to see Yorichi after his wife and child died, he has, like, flaming eyebrows. He's probably the, our ancestor, Rengoku. Oh, yeah, that's what I was thinking it was, too, because of the flaming eyebrows. Yeah, so there's a lot of deep emotional turmoil going on right now. We find out Yorichi's reason for being a demon slayer was because of that demon who killed his wife and baby. And then, like, uh, he created the breathing technique for all these other various really strong demon slayers. And they're talking about the Hashira and their breathing techniques and the original sword flames with all the different elements and how they, like, all were created. And then, like, later on he finds out the, that they found the demon's progenitor. And then it's, like, a, the good demon doctor and, Tommy- uh, yeah. Yeah, Tamayo and, uh, the Chad Muzan. <laughs> and Jesus Christ, Muzan looks so pretty there. I got distracted. I mean, young, yeah, I mean, like, young Muzan really, uh, Knew, knew how to look fly. Well, one one interesting thing about this uh, last portion of the chapter, though, is that it mentions kind of like how the Hashira kind of already existed before Yorichi joined them. Yeah, it points out that like the Demon Slayers, they were there, but he was the guy that taught them how to use the breathing techniques. And, you know, they were already pretty strong, but then when they got the deep breathing techniques along with their own swords, sword play with different elements, they got even better. Yeah, so I guess, like, uh, Ubi, uh, Shiki's ancestors that created, uh, the Demon Slayer corpse probably, like, existed, like, even before Yorichi, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, like, uh, Yorichi is like, I knew that I had been born for the purpose of defeating him. So I guess this battle with Muzan's been going on even long before Tanjiro was even conceived. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel overall this chapter just gives a lot of, like, good context for what we've been seeing because we've kind of been getting bits and pieces of this information and the Coco Shibo flashback especially I think gave us a lot of important context but this is just kind of going further with it and now we're seeing it from Yorichi's perspective so I think that's really interesting yeah, especially so soon after we just saw Coco Shibo's perspective you'd think we'd wait a while long granted the series also feels like it is it feels like every it's like a yo-yo every week it feels like it's gonna end and then the next week it feels like oh no we got well we got a while longer but it, it just feels like we were we we went from kokushibo's point of view to yorichi's point of view pretty quickly which i like you know yeah i feel like it's good to do it now and, and uh rather than later because it'd be weird like as muzan's about to die we get all this info dump on why he did everything yeah, that sounds like a Gintama move. But, um, yeah. The, <laughs> I'm sorry, not having cake is maybe really salty. <laughs> but, but, yeah, it's like, like, I, I like, I, I dig, I like this whole flashback of just seeing from Yorichi's point of view. I, I, it, I will admit that it's kind of getting a little harder to keep track of all the characters, though. <laughs> maybe it's just me, I don't know, but, like, I, I did kind of get lost a little bit. Not too much. I mean, as the chapter went on, it became clearer what was going on. I think I just need to reread um, uh, Demon Slayer, honestly. Yeah, like, at the end of last chapter, I didn't notice uh, Sumiyoshi right away, because I think it had been a while since I saw his design. But once, like, his family showed up, I'm like, oh, this makes sense now. But yeah, I think uh, Gotenge is also utilizing a lot of different, like, callbacks 
And with everything that's gone on recently, it kind of like goes to the back of your mind a bit. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Especially when you're reading week to week. So much info don't keep track of. Yeah, I mean, really, like, when you're reading it week to week, especially, it can get kind of, um, oh, wow, <laughs> I was just going to default. Anyway, uh, it can get kind of, um, it can get kind of hard to keep track of everything when you're, you know, you're, you can read, especially when we went, just went from one battle that went like a cup that basically was an entire volume, and now we're getting treated to kind of vignettes. And it's, it's, it's interesting. Like, I've always, we've been, we've always thought about how the Demon Slayer pacing has been pretty decent. And this isn't me saying that it's suddenly it's gone shit now or anything. It's still it's still really good. It's just it's interesting to see all these moving parts, and then um, Gotoge kind of does this thing where where they'll pull you out of they'll pull you out of the moving parts and put you somewhere else, but it feels about right. I don't know another way of putting it. It's also interesting in this chapter that not the entire chapter is the flashback. Like, it takes some time to jump out of the flashback to show, like, Tanjiro's state, like, in the present. Yeah, I was glad for that, because um, I was wondering if we were just going to go straight into that and not address uh, what's happening around him. But, like, even just uh, just seeing Murata, and then, like, okay, so he's going to leave Tanjiro unattended for a short bit. Does that mean something's going to happen to Tanjiro's body while no one's looking? Or, I don't know. Like, I guess also the fact that... Uh, bringing up Yushiro as a potential way to, like, get him back to his normal state would be cool. But um, bringing up the fact that his heart might have stopped, that he's not breathing, even though um, Murata can't really tell because of his his own, uh, the own state that he's in. It was was a nice touch, though, at least. Because, like I said, Murata the goat, he's so... He, he's 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 the one alive. He's always surviving. He's gonna have Tanjiro survive now, and like he's bleeding empathy just like Tanjiro. Yeah, it's interesting that like yeah, Tanjiro is basically on the verge of death right now, and he's having this flashback because that's kind of what's happened before too. Like when he enters this like near death state, that's when these memories start flowing back into him. Mm-hmm. So he's a he's a memory saying. Got it. Memory saying. <laughs> because <laughs> like that, I you know maybe it's just because I just came off of reading all of Dragon Ball Z but <laughs> but no no I I, I mean it, it's a trope that you see a lot in stories where like the character will be in a near death either near death or they'll be like meditating and then they'll see like visions of the past that they couldn't possibly see yeah but otherwise like, like actually dead right now like he's his heart stopped and he's not breathing so he's technically like actually dead not like near death. He's gonna be like Cell. After he comes back, he's gonna be even stronger. <laughs> level two, but yeah, it's like it, it, it's definitely a trope that we've seen before. But it, you know, Gotoke, as of as of right now, hasn't really. I do like the idea. Of, I do like the fact that though, as I said earlier, it's how it's treated. Where Tanjiro is definitely in, you know, possession of his faculties, even though if he can't. You know, do he can't do anything to defy the flashback as it happens. So I I do like that 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 is an element that the Gotu Gaze introduced to kind of make it a little bit less like you know rather than rather than being kind of a spectator, he's actually in the flashback even though he can't do anything. Yeah, if, t- if Gotoge is going to force a flashback, you might as well force Tanjiro to endure it too. Yeah, exactly. 
I do love how one of his first thoughts was like, hey, maybe I can get the secret of the 13th like breath out of him. Yeah. That's, I, I kind of like that too. Like he's still thinking about, and that's just Tanjiro, man. He's still thinking about how to help his friends, even when he's in this weird situation where like a weird kid is calling him dad. You know, his thoughts are okay. I can still get information to help my buddies, and that's just what makes Tanjiro Tanjiro. <laughs> I mean, th- this flashback also kind of sort of explains why he keeps getting these like memories like related to Yorichi, it's because of Yorichi's relationship with uh, Sumiyoshi. Like because they've like it's implied they've talked before and had this continuing relationship. That's why he ha- knows all this stuff in his memories about Yorichi, which is uh, interesting. Were you gonna say something, Allison? I said Tanjiro is just such a good boy. Yeah. I think um actually you know it's crazy like even uh even though they're not directly related I see like little bits of both uh Yorichi and Uta in Tanjiro because like she, her whole thing was that like oh her family died in a plague and she's all alone and she wanted to take pat tadpoles but um she had like the same kind of empathy empathy that Tanjiro does where she was just like oh, I felt sorry about separating the tadpoles from their families but like uh. Yorichi can also pick up on that, and he's like, he's like, oh, I'll, I'll stay with you, it's okay. And like, yeah, yeah. I would love to learn more about, like, more Tanjiro's lineage, actually. Mm-hmm. Found that he is related to somebody in some way, like, one of these characters in some way. I mean, I, I guess it's also been heavily implied, of course, but, like, yeah, I, I would love to learn more about some lineage. I mean, it's not a thing that I feel like would kill the series if Kotoke was like, nah, you don't really need to know all that. But I feel like it would be interesting. Yeah. If anything, it's cool because it's it's a little closer to the whole like like the inherited will kind of stuff from One Piece, where it's like uh, even if people aren't directly related, uh, they can carry like the same kind of spirit where it comes to yeah. how they act towards other people. And I mean, even the series has kind of conveyed that too. Like as we saw in the Kokushibo fight, those were some of the words that Yorichi said to Kokushibo. Like even if their bloodline isn't passed down, they're their knowledge will be passed down in some way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what Tanjiro basically represents. Yeah, I get, and I like that. It, it's a thing that you see in Shonen manga a lot, but I like that um, it's, uh, Demon Slayer, Demon Slayer, like, voices it. Like, a lot of times it's just heavily implied, like, yeah, you know, we're the old generation, we gotta step out of the way for the newbies to come and do their thing. But I like that Kimetsu, like, is, has outright said it. There's no... There's no ifs, ands, or buts about the message that's sending, which is like, yeah, you know, we don't have, we can, their new generations are going to keep coming whether we, we do anything or not. And we, their, the knowledge and the, the knowledge and the strength that we have will go to them. You know, our job is to keep that going. Simplicity, best of. Um, any, uh, final thoughts on the chapter, I guess? I need more information, damn it. <laughs> Honestly, I, I'm just looking forward to the next chapter because I, I want to go deeper into this because this is something like Yorichi's past and kind of uh, Muzan's like uh, motivations and the fact that Tamiyo is in this final page here, all of it just piques my curiosity. Yeah. How does Tamiyo know Muzan? That's what I want to know. Well, Tamiyo got turned into a demon by Muzan and like like Mu- like uh, Muzan made Tamiyo like kill her entire family. Yeah. Yeah, so they have kind of a history. But 
I mean, I, I guess at that point, I mean, since he turned her, maybe that's why he's she's with him. And I mean, she's a doctor, so. Yeah, this might be before, like, Tamiyo broke away from Muzan's control. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was that's all I was kind of alluding to is that she's she probably was with him for a while before she got the strength. Maybe maybe she found Yushiro and that's when she was like, you know what? No, I can't do this anymore. Something I'm interested in is uh, like I want to know like not particularly like how long the flashback is going to be, but like how much more we're going to see if, from like the perspective of like because this is where we see uh, Yorichi and Muzan like face to face. Like, are they going to have? Well, obviously they're going to. They're probably going to talk, but like, what kind of significance is the conversation going to have? Whether it's going to be like an extended one or not. Or I'm also like curious about uh, Tamayo because we know that he was in contact with uh, Ubuyashki and his family, and I want to know if maybe that started like now, like like we said, uh, she could still be under like Muzan's control, or even just uh, I was going to say maybe pretending, but. He would probably know, like, when she's, like, broken free from that, probably. It would be interesting if the Ubiyashiki household gets involved in this flashback, too. Because then I think we'd get, like, a full picture of what's really been going on this entire time. Exactly. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. I, I like, yeah, that, that, like, I didn't think about it that way, but what Marion's saying, yeah, I kind of, I, I get, I kind of want to see, are we going to get a full picture? of the series lore at this point. Cause if we are, then it is probably more likely this is the final arc. So I feel like that'll yeah. be a good tell for that. Or if there's still going to be more questions that need to be answered, this, it feels like this flashback could go either way. Yeah. Um, like when they get more information on why Muzan killed Tanjiro's family. Th- that is the big question. Like how did Muzan find out Yurichi's connection to the Kamado household? I think I hope that this flashback addresses that too, because that's the one thing that I think we need to know before Muzan is defeated. Yeah, like why? And like, why did he kill everybody but leave Nezuko to be the demon person? Mm, well, that's true. I, I, I mean, was that? I wonder if that was on purpose or not, though. My theory with that always was like Muzan kind of was aware that there was like. Like, Tanjiro was a part of the household, or, like, they had a son. So he left one of them as a demon to kill, like, Tanjiro, basically. Okay, yeah, no, that makes sense. I was under the impression that, like, he was just, uh... He was also still, like, experimenting, like, turning different kinds of people into demons to see if any of them would eventually, uh, have formality that could, like, survive under the, the sun like he wanted. Yeah, that's also another possibility. When I, I feel that's what I thought, like, for a while, that it wasn't really a thing that he just intentionally, you know, turned her. Or he intentionally turned her, but it might have not been a thing where it was just like, oh, she's special in some way, so I'm gonna turn. Because if so, I would think he would just have taken her with him. Yeah, like, that, that's the thing. I don't think Muzan was aware that, like, uh, Nezuko would be, like, an exception to his powers. Or even be able to survive the sun in the first place. Exactly. I just figure. I figure. I feel like you're both right in some ways. Maybe he just was like, "Okay, she'll kill him." Then the fire will, the sun will frag her, and that's it. <laughs> and or it could have been a thing where it was just like, "Okay, you know, hey, this is this family. You know, I can kill two flies with one stone. I could be like, she'll kill him, and then if she can survive the sun, awesome. I got rid of the family, and I got what I'm looking for out of it. But I don't think he really thought. At the same time, I mean, I know I'm kind of. 
I'm kind of backfilling on what I said, but with like, I don't know. I, I just, at this point, I just feel like I don't think it was intentional that she, he might've intentionally said here, I'm going to have her survive and I'm going to turn her. But I don't think he really had anything deeper planned about it. It just turned out that, holy crap, you know, she's got what I'm looking for. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, just a little bit more on that, uh, the Tamayo part, like, I'm curious if this is, like, the point where uh, she makes contact with the Ubayashi family, just because, like, Berichi specifically is in the Demon Slayers now, the Demon Slayer Corp. And, um, no, like, that th- that's just, like, probably the most fascinating point of contention for me, like, plot-wise, uh, from the flashback. But, um, besides that, like, I I, I did enjoy this, uh, this part with Uja, even though, like, that was pretty short-lived. I don't know. I just feel, I feel bad, because just... Like uh, like you guys were saying, it's just like episode one. Come on. <laughs> yeah, it's just like oof. Too much pain. Yeah, it's just like it, it's it's a thing where I didn't even really think about it that it was the parallels until we were reading through it. I'm like, wow, this is like like beat by beat what happened to Tanjiro. You know, beat by beat reliving Tanjiro's worst day. <laughs> worst Especially day. painful, kind of in the context of like knowing your Ruichi's past, because like we know his life doesn't really necessarily end happy. So yeah. it's like it's just kind of a double whammy there. Uh, I mean, okay, yeah, you know, it, move aside, Kaneki Ken. I mean, Yorichi's got you. <laughs> he actually was a protagonist of a story, and it was a tragedy. It was. <laughs> uh, next chapter's gonna hurt. It probably will. Yeah, because there's no way that anything that moves on pretty much touches hurts. It hurts the people that he touches, and it hurts us reading it. <laughs> I mean, you just need a drop of his blood, and then you're basically dead or a demon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and either way, that's kind of a face fate worse. I mean, well, it's fate that is and is worse than death. But yeah, I'm. Uh, I mean, I guess for my final thoughts, is I just echo the rest of you guys, which is like I want more information. I kind of want to see how much the lore is going to be revo- revealed by this arc, and I. Most most of all, I'm just really interested in seeing like um, how this will eventually affect the present with Tanjiro knowing this information. Like, there's no way. I mean, let's say he. I mean, well, I won't say whether he survives or not. You know, Gotoge's Gotoge. <laughs> so yeah. who knows? He can learn all this information and then die. I doubt it because it's it's still a shonen manga. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, but when he does get back up, what what will this information do for him? You know, will he just learn to lower the world and still be pretty much una- unable to even touch Muzan, or will he learn something that will actually make fighting Muzan possible? I feel like he has to kind of learn the 13th form in the splashback, if, like, he'll have any advantage against Muzan. Yeah, if anything, he might, like, pick up a hint or something during the retelling. Like, I don't know if he's seeing, like, these images of, like, Yorichi as he's uh, living through... Uh, him like telling the story or not, but um, I feel like the we got hints of like, oh, if Tanjiro can do what Yorichi was doing, he might stand a chance because this whole thing was like, oh, uh, after I ran away, I was just looking at the sky and running, and he he wasn't tired after a whole day and night of like running straight, and uh, when he went to like look for the midwifer to help give birth to his child. He was like he, he ran like three mountains over from where he lived, and it was the same day. Like he got back like that same night. So he 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 like ran away like or not ran away, but he was like running like three mountains worth to and to and back 
in the span of like less than 24 hours. So like if Tanjiro can like use the same breathing that he did like to that level, then he could probably in his weakened state still be able to fight. Yeah, I mean it's it's a it's a lot to think about and I'm really looking forward to the next chapter. But uh until then, I guess uh, we should plug our stuff and get out of here. So, Marion, where can the good people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Michael the E before the V. And I'm also on another podcast, uh, The Good Friends, uh, at Good Friends Cast on Twitter, where it's me and uh, a few other folks that we've known each other for a couple of years now. Uh, just get together and talk about stuff that we've read, watched, played. Uh, released a new episode where we interviewed uh, Tim Liu from Crunchyroll. Uh, you might know him as T Ludacris on Twitter. Uh, that was super fun. We hung out at Anime NYC and got together and were able to like uh, spend some good times. And then uh, the interview, we talked about his life, his experience with like growing up with manga and anime and how he got to where he is right now, making videos and working at posts for Crunchyroll. So that's super fun. You should check that out. Awesome. And Sakaki, where can people find you? Oh, um, um, on Twitter at, at Kirobon, K-I-I-R-O-B-O-N. Um, but most of, most of my work on Twitter is at WSS Talkback, um, where I talk about Shonen Sunday and what's going on with that. I mean, I'm hoping I, I'm falling a week, I'm falling a week behind, but I'm hoping I'll be able to catch up and everything. And wsstalkback.blogspot.com is the blog where I have translations and other translations, views, and other little articles and everything that people can read. And Allison, where can the people find you? Uh, at Meowth900 on Twitter.com. I wish I had more successful stories to tell like these other guys did, but I don't. And you still do some like great stuff on Twitter, so definitely follow Allison for sure. Um, as for myself, though, you can find me on Twitter at VLORDGTZ, where I'm either reading manga, not sleeping, writing reviews, or all three at the same time. Didn't you have to edit, like, seven podcasts? Yeah, so I edited, like, three podcasts last night. That's probably not the best idea, because it was up until, like, 5 a.m., but hey, I got it done. Yay! <laughs> Keep telling him he's insane, but he won't listen. Maybe even if if you get if enough people listen to Demon Slayer podcast, you can we can have an intervention. <laughs> I mean, I don't deny that I'm insane, but if I stop being insane, then I'll be less productive. I think we'd rather have a V Lord that's less productive but alive than one a zombie V Lord that's very productive but eats our brains. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. But hey, you do you. But yeah, um, aside from Twitter, you can find my more manga-focused reviews over on old-comic.com. I think by the time this is up, my interview with Vofan, the illustrator Monogatari, will be up on there. Um, that was a really cool interview that I got to do in Anime NYC, uh, thanks to the amazing folks um, at Vertical. So definitely go read that. It was a really cool interview. Um, you can also find my more Tanami-focused articles and reviews over on TanamiFaithful.com. And we also have a uh, sub-page for the Demon Slayer podcast on there. Um, it's TanamiFaithful.com slash Demon Slayer podcast. So go check out that page as well. Um, more stuff with the podcast. Um, you can find us on 
Twitter at DSlayer Podcast. So definitely follow that if you're interested in getting any updates about the podcast or some general Demon Slayer news. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash Demon Slayer Podcast. So follow us there, use Facebook. As far as the podcast and where it's streaming, you can find the podcast on a wide variety of podcast platforms. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, you name it, we're there. So definitely just look us up on whatever you listen to podcasts on and just uh, listen to all our episodes. But uh, yeah, that about does it for this episode. So we will see you guys later.